Hey everyone, welcome to the I'm a Rescue podcast. I'm Tom Clark. I'm Steph Clark. And we are in West Dallas, Wisconsin, recording our uh, podcast today. And joining us on the podcast, we have a very special guest. Yeah, that's <laughs> Art Clark. He, he made his own name tag for this. Uh, so Art Clark is my dad. He is a World War II veteran. Uh, he is a, a great guy. He just celebrated his 93rd birthday Woo-hoo! last week. And uh, we are here at his uh luscious abode oh yeah and uh yeah so uh what we did a couple weeks ago is i asked people on facebook to come up with questions for my dad and because he is a little hard of hearing so this is probably the easiest way to do this and he's going to answer a few of those questions we picked out some of our favorites we got some backups if we decide to go to him and we're just going to ask questions till he uh, kicks us out right um so uh thanks for doing the podcast already Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Are you excited? Oh, very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Is this your first podcast? My first podcast. We're honored. We're on- I'd be mad if he had done like right. another podcast. He's like- done. This is like his fifth podcast. <laughs> I've been on Mark Maron, Joe Rogan. Uh, <laughs> this is like you were like my last choice. Um, so we're gonna start. We're gonna start with some softballs. This one is from Sharon Houston, who's gonna be on our podcast very soon. Hey, Sharon, what up, girl? And this is a question: What's your favorite thing about Milwaukee? What do you like most about <clears throat> Milwaukee? Well, I think it's the feeling of neighborhood. Wherever you wherever you go, you meet somebody from uh, the north side or the south side or uh, one of the suburbs, and you feel like you've known them uh, a long time. Right. People are very connected here. And Stephanie <laughs> yeah. just met a relative last night at our show. Yeah, I didn't even know that she, she lived in she Milwaukee. Had a relative. So yeah, that's. A, I love that answer. Yeah, and that's true. And I think Stephanie, <laughs> being from California, you feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, now this is sort of along the same lines. This is from Bill Bagus, a uh, great caricature artist. Bill Bagus, uh, check out his website. If I knew it, I'd say it. But Bill Bagus, caricature artist, this is sort of a similar question. What's your favorite thing to do in Milwaukee? <clears throat> I like to go to sporting events, and they're uh, easy to get to. I used to live in the neighborhood of uh, Miller Park, so I could I could walk to the uh, walk to the ball game, and easy easy enough to get on the bus and go downtown and see the uh, Bucks play. And also, your son going to your son's comedy shows. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So if you have connections for sporting events, Aaron Rodgers. T- Take Artie Clark. Yeah, take Dad. Dad loves to go. We went to the uh, we went to Game Four of the Brewers Dodgers, and they lost. Right? Remember we right. went to Game Four. I remember and, that? It wasn't. Uh, it was good. But my dad well, that was one thing. My dad in 1982, he went in for the lottery for World Series and playoffs tickets. Right? You remember that? Right. And he let us go to Game Five of the playoffs when the Brewers won the wow. AL championship. And uh, it was very generous of you to do that. <laughs> well, I'm glad you got to see it. Once-in-a-lifetime event. <laughs> right, because you saw... Did you go to the World Series when the Braves were in it? Uh, no, I did not. No, so he sort of knew it was once-in-a-lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> how, how do you know it's like a special thing? Be, well, how do you know it's a special thing? The, the well, world? because the playoffs only come around once a year. And uh, there's only 
two teams involved, and uh, it's not always the Brewers. <laughs> right. We're a small market team, so right. we're not like L.A. or New York. We're not always going to be there. So you think like every year we're going to be there, and then, you know, the Packers won the Super Bowl in 2010. Now we're here. So the Brewers were in the playoffs last year, and it had been a long time since then? I mean, it, we had made it to the playoffs, but, yeah, it definitely had been uh, uh, been about eight years. And it had been – I think we hadn't been to the championship and since uh, 82, so wow. that's a long time. And this is actually a good question because uh, did you like the Brewers moving to the National League? Uh, yes, I think it kept up the uh, traditional – the uh, tradition that since we – when the Braves came from Boston, we were in the National League. And then when uh, they moved to Atlanta, <clears throat> we were without a Major League Baseball team. And when we had a chance to come back in the big leagues, they put us in the uh, American League. And uh, I was not that comfortable with them. You didn't like the DH? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That question was from Jim Coughlin. Jim Jim uh, actually just did a comedy special, uh, just filmed it. Oh, cool. Um, but, yeah, thank you, Jim, for that question. Do you have something to do? You don't What's even know. What's DH? What, <laughs> I'm like, what is all? Uh, DH is a designated hitter. So in, okay. in the National League, the pitchers get to hit. And in the American League, uh, they let they have a hitter. That guy, that's all he does. He doesn't play the field or anything. Oh, gotcha. Uh, so this is another sports question. This is from Norm Jakobovitz. Norm is, uh, if you need Coca-Cola merchandise. Oh, he he, he retired. Oh, he's he, not he, there. He retired. He's uh, living the good life, drinking some Coke on the beach. <laughs> drinking Coke on the beach in Valencia. <laughs> um, what up, Norm? You rock. Yeah, thank you, Norm. And so his question is, who was or is your favorite Packer? <clears throat> oh, that's a good question. I've got to go way back on this. I always liked Tony Cannadale, the, the gray ghost of Gonzaga. <laughs> the gray ghost. Of, what year did he play for the Packers? Oh, back in the 50s. Wow. What, what makes him so special? Well, uh, his unique name, for one thing. And, uh, well, the fact that he played for quite a few years. Uh, yeah. was, And he stayed in Green Bay after he retired, so he was <clears throat> always part of the Green Bay organization. Yeah. That's cool. That was always cool growing up because one of our neighbors growing up was Lionel Aldridge, and Lionel Aldridge played for the Packers in the Super Bowl years. He was part mm -hmm. of Super Bowl one or two, I think maybe both, and uh, he would just see this Pat, former Packer in the neighborhood. It was just... You know. It goes back to being a part of the neighborhood, and I feel like, like with Aaron Rodgers, he is like, you know, he has he lives in L.A., but he also has such a personal connection in Green Bay, and uh, everyone in the community makes people in sports feel really involved. Yeah, you know? I think everything, you know, and I mean that goes to our show last night too. Everyone, all the people that came out from my high school and college, and just neighbors. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's always nice. So we're going to get into uh, some of the military questions. Some people had some military questions. So this one is, how old were you when you went into the military? Oh, I got drafted when I was um, 18. 18. Wow. Right. right. Right out of high school. No, I, I spent about, I graduated from high school when I, <clears throat> when I was 17. 
Uh-huh. And uh, I didn't go in until I was 18, which uh, was after, uh, after April, and they didn't draft me until... Uh, Till July, I think. July, July of forty four. July of forty four. And what were your um what were your thoughts when you got drafted? Or was that just part of your life or Well, it was just part of my life. I know I got on the bus and uh uh I got off at the recruiting station. They uh, <clears throat> they took me from there and we had a we got on a bus and went uh, went downtown and had to go through some kind of uh Fill out some paperwork and uh, go in. Uh, go into a uh, uh, have some physical tests, and uh, if we passed all that, then we uh, were put on a bus and we went to uh, Fort Fort Sheridan, which was in northern Illinois. Wow! And then, yeah, well, that was, and we only stayed there uh, a week or so, and then. Uh, we were sent to where, and we did a lot of t- uh, testing, and uh, somewhere along the line, then we were uh, put on a train. We went on a, and I was assigned to uh, go someplace in California. Yeah, you were at San Miguel, or what was the uh, uh, training center? Yeah, we were near uh, Camp Roberts, which was near... Uh, San, San Miguel in in uh, California. Right, and, and uh, the the basic training was uh, uh, a seventeen week training cycle. Mm-hmm. So uh, that yeah. that got us going in the military system. You were in an artillery battalion, right? Oh, right. Well, I I trained as an artillery person. Yes. Which involved what? What did you do? Well, we had a, uh, about eight guys to uh, serve as an artillery piece, and you had to learn everybody's job. And uh, so when you were sent to a line outfit, uh, you could fit right in. Okay. So you had to know, yeah, you had to know all yeah. the positions, basically. And um, so, and, and then you, once you went overseas, you went to... Where were you sent after basic training? Uh, well, I did get to get to go home for uh, uh, around Christmas time in 1944, and then I had to go back to California uh, to Fort Ord, which was the place where you trained before you uh, uh, got on a troop ship, and that was just a couple of weeks, and then I wound up on a troop ship for about 30 days in uh, uh, going to uh, the South Pacific. Okay. And uh, originally, I think we were supposed to get off in uh, in New Guinea, but the uh, fighting had uh, advanced so much that uh, they didn't need us in New Guinea, so I wound up going to uh, the Philippines where I could uh, join a, uh, a line outfit. So you were on the sort of the front lines or on the battle. Well, the artillery is always about uh, uh, seven, five or seven miles in back of the uh, in back of the action, and okay. that's where I was. Yeah, and it were did 
Were you were fighting the Japanese then, or? Well, J- Japan was uh, still uh, still uh, still in control of parts of uh, of the Philippines, and we had we uh, we were trying to uh, get them and uh, capture them so that the United States could uh, take over the. Uh, Philippines and turn the Philippines over back to their uh, to the Philippine people. Okay, wow. So this sort of goes along with that. This uh, this is from Demo Demetropolis. Uh, he uh, Paul Demetropolis. He uh, he asked, "What's the most profound memory of World War Two? The most profound memory of your service in World War Two? What do you remember the most?" Uh, well, one of the things I remember was just kind of a nostalgia thing <clears throat> in that uh, <clears throat> we were in northern Luzon and uh, when we uh, got up in the morning, if we wanted to, we could uh, hang out in front of the mess tent and uh, have a cup of coffee until the uh, they were ready to serve breakfast. And uh, a fellow from the uh, Filipino scouts came up and talked to me. And he asked where I was from. And I said, Milwaukee. And his eyes sort of lit up. And he said uh, he knew Milwaukee, that many years ago he had worked in Minneapolis and Milwaukee, and he had been a uh, a salad chef, and he mentioned that he had worked at the uh, at the Schrader Hotel. So it was nice to uh, meet somebody, a, f- a foreign person, who knew something about your city and your uh, and uh, places in your city, and uh, uh, that was a memorable uh, thing for me. Yeah, it must be out of nowhere, too. Yeah. It's not yeah. like people are jetting around the country in 1944. Um, what, uh, this is another good question. Uh, this is from John Polesnik, who is my improv teacher at Comedy Sports. He's on C-Team, another improv group. Uh, what were your thoughts when you heard about the attack on Pearl Harbor? <clears throat> well, the first thing I said, well, a friend of mine was coming over to my house to... Uh, uh, figure what we were going to do the afternoon, whether we're going to listen to the uh, uh, football on on the uh, on the radio or uh, uh, go someplace. <clears throat> and when he came, he said, <clears throat> "The Japs bombed Pearl Harbor," and uh, I said, along with my father, "Where? What's Pearl Harbor?" <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so that was the beginning. That was my introduction to Pearl Harbor and World War II. Wow. I was in high school at that time. And were you thinking of that as, did that seem real, like the war? I mean, because you don't, like nowadays it's all televised, but back then you're just hearing about stuff on the radio. Did it feel real or how did it feel? Uh, Well, it, a certain a certain bit of bewilderment because I knew that 
when I found out Pearl Harbor was in Hawaii, I knew that was a long ways from Japan. And uh, I sort of scratched my head trying to figure out how could they get over from Japan to, to Hawaii and, uh, and do all their damage. Mm-hmm. And so that was a certain sense of bewilderment. Wow. So, Dad, conspiracy theory, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting because, yeah, you, you don't. And that's what I like about my dad is he's very, he doesn't, he sees through sort of what, you know, they present to you on the surface. It's like, oh, Japan bombed Pearl Harbor. But it's like mm-hmm. he thought beyond like, well, that's right. a lot of territory to come over. And these are like little kamikaze planes that are, you know, and it's like we've got a naval base. We've got, you know, things that could easily destroy that. And the fact that it was left vulnerable. I mean, I, I, don't, I never thought of it before until he said it, but it's like, right. um, I think that's, you know, it's all, you know, but what are you going to do? It's like, <laughs> it's like you have no control over it. I guess this is sort of along the same, same lines. What event in history stands out the most in your mind and how did it change the world? This is from Christine Capriola, who I've done comedy sports with. She's also a teacher, high school teacher, I believe. Uh, so what event in history stands out in your mind? Uh, I guess from your own life, from your own lifetime. Uh, well, I, one of the things I remember is <clears throat> I, was, I was still not in the military, but I was at home and the, uh, they, they were talking about invading Europe, the Allies invading Europe. And nothing, they did a lot of bombing and so forth, but there was no invasion. And then finally on June 6th, 1945 or whatever it was, uh, they, uh, the big armada went from England to uh, uh, France and they invaded France and all the paratroopers had, had jumped uh, the day or so before and... Uh, so that that was D-Day, and uh, that was very memorable. And were you getting reports like uh, this is what's happening in Normandy, or? Uh, well, they didn't give us any. Well, whatever they could reveal to the news people, they would talk, they would tell us on the radio or or publish it in the uh, in the newspapers, mm-hmm. and then of course. Later on, I had a fr- high school friend who uh, was probably in the second wave going into uh, uh, France on D-Day, and, well, he got killed. Oh. And then there was a neighbor of ours who also went into uh, 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 D-Day, and he got wounded, and he... Uh, Never, he, he was evacuated and uh, uh, went to rehabil- got rehabilitated and uh, uh, spent the rest of the war in the, in hospitals. Wow. Yeah, and these are like high school friends who yeah. who end up. Yeah. Well, the last one I was talking to was our our form our former neighbor on Blue Mound Road. There, uh, uh, Joe Brady. Oh yeah, Mr. Brady. Yeah. 
Yeah, he lived a few. He was in D-Day? Or he yeah, was he was on D-Day. Wow. Yeah, Joe Brady lived a few block, few houses down from us. And, uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I grew up probably in a neighborhood with, you know, that right. <laughs> somebody went through D-Day. And I, we delivered his newspaper, you know, and every day is really a nice guy. But just to live through that uh, is scary. When, when... D-Day happened, you were in the Philippines, or you were... No, I was still a civilian. Oh, you were. In, okay. In, um, okay, I'm trying to get the years. What was the year of D-Day, 1940? I, I think it was 44. 44, yeah. June 6, 1944. Okay, you were... And, uh, and I, I, didn't, I didn't get drafted until after D-Day. That's right. July. I think D-Day was uh, uh, June of 44, and I didn't get drafted until July 44. Okay, yeah. So one month after, then he was. And knowing all of this, were you, were you scared of like where you, where you were gonna wind up serving and what would happen? Uh, no, I I think because there were so many options, I uh, I just thought I'd lay back and see what happened. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I get that from. Is just you just you can't control what you can't control, so you just gotta sort of. Hope for the best, right? What's your philosophy on on that? Is just you just hope for the best, or? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So this is getting not personal, but just sort of stuff about uh, my dad was married to my mom for fifty years. Uh, they uh, they had two lovely boys. They had two lovely boys. I am one of those lovely boys. <laughs> uh, so Aaron Brandt, you remember Aaron Brandt? She actually lived next door to Joe Brady. <laughs> Um, she asks, uh, what, what's the secret to a long loving marriage? What's the secret? I think it's communication. <laughs> <laughs> See, dad's used to saying that cause I have a joke in my act where I say, what's the secret? So whenever I ask him, he says, well, is that what you really believe? Or you don't have to, uh, no, I think it, it's, it's it. And, uh, if you communicate, you'll understand each other. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you and mom had like sort of a yin and a yang relationship, right? She mm-hmm. sort of kept you kept you calm. I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to not sweat the little things. Uh, what, what did mom bring to the relationship that helped you? Well, she had a lot of, uh, she had a lot of, because of her work, she had a lot of, people experience so I was just another another character who had to learn how to adjust (laughs) (laughs) yeah my mom was a social worker so uh she was good with dealing with people and uh yeah it was uh but yeah 50 years there together and uh yeah they you guys did such a good job you guys know that right you did a great job raising us yeah right All right, so um, this is along the same lines, just a little more specific. This is from Jennifer Quilty. I went to college with Jennifer. It was in Bergstrom Hall. Cool. But anyways, uh, at St. Norbert. So the uh, this is, what's the secret to a happy, healthy life? Secret to a happy, healthy life. Well, you have a lot of togetherness, and you also have... Uh, an opportunity to do things by your, by yourself or with other people. Yeah. So it's, having a well-balanced life. Yeah. Balance, right. Yeah. 
a balanced life. All right. So it's simple. Balanced life. I've already done it. I'm doing, living my best life. Um, so this is a question <laughs> I have, and this is sort of helpful. Uh, what advice? Uh, we have two nephews, Max and Sebastian. Well, I guess they're my brother's sons. Uh, what, what advice would you give Max and Sebastian? What advice would you give them? <clears throat> well, uh, Tim, uh, their, their father, Tim, just told me that they were go- that uh, Tim and Lilia were going to be spo- uh, uh, confirmation sponsors for. Uh, for two uh, nephews, or a nephew and a niece. And I said, tell them what they told you when you graduated from Notre Dame via Condios. <laughs> via Condios. Go with God. Go with God. So that's your advice for them. That's Go. my advice to Max and Sebastian. What about me? <laughs> <laughs> Too late for you. Too late for me. All right, that's fair. Um, let's see. Uh, this is good. Uh, this is, uh, from Sean Young. Sean was, uh, remember this is Marty's older brother, one of about 28 kids of the Young family. Uh, but (laughs) they have so many kids. Anyways, what was it like throwing out the first pitch at Miller Park? My dad threw out the first pitch, I believe about three years ago. I was, uh, I was a little bit nervous and apprehensive. And however, I had been practicing a couple of weeks before, and uh, when I got there, I was not as apprehensive as I thought. And the uh, the brewer who was going to catch my pitch <clears throat> explained to me, "Look, you don't have to go on the pitcher's mound and throw 60 feet. Go where you're comfortable." and stand there and throw the ball. So I think I went about 40 feet from home plate and I threw the ball and that the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> he got it right across the plate. He got it across the plate. And yeah. he featured in uh, uh, a report, right? Uh, Fox 6 did a little report. Ted Perry came over to the thing and that was part of my parents' 50th anniversary. They uh, That was like my pitch and... Uh, you know, I, so I did a big campaign for that. I, and the big push I got was from Taylor Williamson. Like the Brewers really didn't acknowledge uh-huh. me. And then Taylor Williamson uh, retweeted it. And uh, suddenly I was getting uh, <laughs> the Brewers were like, can you stop tweeting this? <laughs> and then I had to tell my dad and he was kind of thought it was weird. But uh, but yeah, he did a great job. He really, I mean, 90, 90, 90 years old yeah. probably. And we'll post the video. He uh, there is a great moment where the crowd, like they're like, "Ladies and gentlemen, welcome World War II veteran Art Clark." And Dad raises his glove in the air like <laughs> an old. It was pro. special. You were uh, you were really good at baseball. I remember. I remember my dad used to hit fungos to me, where he would throw the ball <laughs> with one hand and then hit it with one arm to us, and he would crack the ball. Did did you play? I forgot if you played baseball or did you play any not, sports not, in high school? Not really, no. No, just uh, on the playground with choose up games. Yeah, dad, dad could hit the ball like a country mile. Like he, we were playing like a Cub Scout 
fun game, like parent, like dads and sons. And dad nailed the ball we were playing at this park. And it, if there was a fence, he would have hit it over the fence. Unfortunately, dad's a very slow runner. <laughs> so it ended up being a double. <laughs> but you could he really. He takes his time. He takes his time, like Babe Ruth. He's like. <laughs> but uh, I always thought, I just thought he could have been a major leaguer. Did you think that, or I guess because you, you didn't play in high school, right? But did you no, ever think just, about just, doing that? Just neighborhood games Got with you. friends. This is from CJ Costas. Costas, uh, he's a uh, he's just a good guy. He's uh, improv guy. Right? No, no, no. He's uh, he's just come out to see my shows. He's friends with Jessica Saborski. I think I'm saying that right. But anyways, he asks, "What do you think of technology throughout your life? How is?" <laughs> technology is it blowing you away what's happening now or i'm still trying to catch up <laughs> <laughs> and i'm way behind <laughs> no you email like you yeah, you're dad, you're on my dad does email he he uh i've i've held off on the facebook i do he does have a facebook account but we don't really use it um go he's ahead. on instagram instagram well <laughs> he's got a snapchat account <laughs> There's a lot of great characters. Uh, no, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, one thing, when, when you retired, so when when he my dad worked for the city of Milwaukee, he, was, he worked in the accounting office, uh, and when he retired, they uh, switched from a key punch system, which was one of the old school methods of, like this is where you had like these little cards that you would insert into this machine. And when my dad retired, he was the only one who knew how to do it. So they had to bring you back, right? The city of Milwaukee had to bring my dad back to help them make the transition into the like the 20th century because oh. he was the only one who understood the key punch. Do you remember that? I sort of remember that, yeah. You were retired, and then they're like, it was yeah, like I, the, uh, the detective they bring out of retirement. We need you back, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, my dad uh, has the computer. He has a, an iMac in the... Uh, in the office there and he always uh emails me and uh figured out uh what did you figure out oh you figured out how to change the uh, battery and the keyboard yeah <laughs> you will you and you you do like you check your bank accounts online you're very active yeah, online I, I probably more some, than my mom i do some of my banking online you know? yeah all the stock stuff so. yeah <clears throat> somebody else, oh joe newman asked and his mom was wondering you're still doing the genealogy stuff too I, right yes i'm a little behind on that because uh uh, something happened that I uh, couldn't catch up with. <laughs> yeah, so he's figured out. He's how far back have you traced our family? How, how far back have you traced our family? Well, the, the Clarks, we can get back to 1500 something in England, and uh, and some of the other other relatives go back to uh, uh, the early 1800s. Oh, okay. Wow. I'm, I'm still working on some of that. Anyone uh, famous? Anyone? Any no. kings? <clears throat> no kings? All right. Disappointing. <laughs> um, well, one, oh, one, oh. one guy was a, uh, uh, he was one of the founders of uh, Newport, Rhode Island. Okay. And he was the uh, uh, founding pastor of the, uh, First Baptist Church in Newport, Rhode Island. Wow. Looks like and, and he also was a close associate of uh, Roger Williams, who was one of the firebrands for uh, 
getting independence for Rhode Island, and and uh, my Clark relative went to England to try to negotiate some kind of uh, charter from England to uh, give the people of Rhode Island more uh, more freedom. Wow! And he was uh, he was quite successful. Cool. Looks like we're going to head out there for comedy shows. Yeah, Rhode Island, here we come. Newport, Rhode Island. I got, I'm going to make a note of that. We're going to do a show at the Baptist Church. Uh, my family owns this place. Excuse us. <laughs> we like, get out of here. Um, all right, this is about me, but somebody of asked. Of course it is. Uh, what's, the, what's the thing that I've done that that's made you the most proud what's the thing i've done that's made you the most proud <laughs> I, I didn't like that's your most shocked reaction it's like proud <laughs> i've never been proud of you no do you what's what's the thing that's made you most proud or surprised you the most anything like that <clears throat> well the fact that you picked up your marbles and moved to california and never came back <laughs> <laughs> yeah i like picked up my marbles um What's the stupidest thing I've ever done? What's the dumbest? I I, I can't uh, I can't think of anything that stupid. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was a little surprised that you, uh, <clears throat> when we were trying to figure out where are you going to go after high school, <clears throat> you didn't really have any suggestions as to uh, where you wanted to go. Yeah, I really had no clue. I was like, everything's been figured out for me up to this point, and then I had to decide, and I was between. I really didn't have it, and then my mom's like, "You got to decide." And I remember I ramped to my room crying, and I was like, "I don't know what I'm gonna do." You're a young boy. I'm a young boy with a lot of hormones, and uh, <laughs> but. Um, one thing I'll say is my, my dad, you used to wake up every morning, or not every morning, but every Sunday morning, my dad and I would deliver newspapers, and he would have to get me up at 4.30. Gross. And he would always wake me up. He would, We had a black and white TV in my room, and he would blast it. And he would always turn on <laughs> Sesame Street because it would annoy me, I think, right? Is that why you picked Sesame <laughs> Street? Plus, it was probably one of the only things on at 4 in the morning. And it would blast it. And every time I'd fall asleep... And he was so patient. He would come back upstairs like, Tom, we got to go. And uh, he would deliver papers. What was that like? Uh, you did that for a number of years. Did you, oh, yes. did you was, like that? Or how did you feel about delivering newspapers with us at 4.30? Yeah. Well, I don't mind getting up early, but it uh, it did get to be a chore, especially, <laughs> especially uh, in the very cold weather. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I was wondering whether the car would start and stuff like that. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we had a Ford Fairmont. Well, you didn't ride your bike and deliver papers? But my Tim did. Tim would ride his bike, and he had this horrible bike called a Mossberg. And he would put the newspapers on the, the handlebars. And we have, like, a pretty big hill going down to our place. And he didn't – one time he didn't have any brakes, uh, and he just – would just sort of like have to use his feet to stop the bike. Oh my gosh. And, uh, and he broke, like the frame was broke. We had to like solder the little, uh, thing that you were sitting on that where the seat was, we had to solder that. So it didn't fall. Well, didn't, didn't young boys get kidnapped like seventies and eighties newspaper boys. Yeah. It was just part of the, part of the deal. All right. You'd lose a couple along the way. 
Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, but yeah, the, the newspaper delivery, my dad, I think, I don't know where I got it from, but I, I was working from a young age. I was working from my brother and I started working like at nine, 10 years old. We were delivering papers. My brother initially hired me. So it was like, <laughs> we've always had the, uh, the work ethic and that's from this guy I'm and not, you still sleep in and we i still sleep in though but but you know i have to say that about you you know you never when you were when i was growing up i never heard you complain about work you always just did what you did was that something that you well i, I got that from my father i guess <laughs> yeah this is what you did all right this is a fun question we complain here. all the time we do we're, and we barely we're work um, this is from Vince Moranto. Vince is a very funny comedian. Uh, normally when I'm at Zany's, you'll see Vince and I together, and uh, he has a very funny question. His question is, Ham's, Schlitz, or PBR? What's your favorite beer, Ham's, Schlitz, or PBR? I think PBR is my favorite uh, beer, uh, <laughs> primarily because it's easier to get a hold of than any other hams or slits. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vince, Vince will set you up. Vince is going to uh, hand deliver. Next time he's in Milwaukee, I want Vince to bring a hams or slits to my dad. I'll, I'll give spotting you cow, too, is really good. Oh, yeah, spotted cow is like spotted the new cow. one. Have you had a spotted cow? I think he has. Uh, I think I've had a spotted cow, yes. That's from New Glarus. Yeah. New Glarus, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that beer. And they're selling... Uh, uh, 20, uh, 24 in a case b- uh, bottles now at Pick and Save. Oh, nice. Yeah, We're headed out there after this podcast. <laughs> We're going to tailgate in the uh, parking lot here at the uh, Pick and Save. Living Center. Um, okay, this is another good question from Vito Giswaldi. V- Vito is a YouTube personality, I'll call him. Uh, but a very f- he's very funny. I wish he would spend more time doing stand-up, but he doesn't, and that's all right. Uh, but he asks, what's the best cut of meat and why? What's the best cut of meat and why? <laughs> Whatever you think. What's your favorite cut of meat? I like uh, I like prime rib. Prime rib. All right. I thought you were going to say liver. I don't know if that's a meat. You you love liver. I, I like liver, yes. Yeah. My dad would like look forward to liver. I don't I, think I've ever had it. Uh, it's, Maybe we'll have a liver liver night one night. Uh, no, please don't. Please don't punish me. Um, I think uh, those are all the questions I had. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any that I... Uh, I think I think that's good, right? We don't want to... Yeah, that's We don't want to overdo it. Um, I think that's our question. What... Uh, what do you what what maybe it's from something final from you something profound we can end on here? Uh, what advice do you have? What for advice? Well, I think uh, as far as a closing statement, I would like you to know that I'm a uh, uh, a resident of uh, Library Square okay. in in West Dallas, Wisconsin. Okay, that's good. Cool. And uh, I am so happy that we had my dad on the podcast. This was, uh, we had Steph's mom, now my dad. And uh, yeah, and if you ever have questions just in general for my dad, let me know and I'll ask him. And this maybe we'll, we'll email him because he can email. That's right. We can email. We'll teach him to do the face. He can do <laughs> FaceTime too. So we can also record this on FaceTime. Cool. 
Um, so thank you so much, Dad, for being on our podcast. Thank you. Well, I'm glad I could participate in your podcast, <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim and uh, Tom and uh, and Stiffy. Yeah. <laughs> thank you, Arnie. Thank you. Uh, thank you guys for joining us. Uh, we also videoed this, so this is uh, fun. So I'm going to be able to give this to uh, my nephews so they can watch it as well. Oh, cool. And I thought you were posting it on Facebook. And I'll post right. it on Facebook, but I don't know. Nah. But we'll see. All right. Anyways, thank you guys so much. And we really appreciate everyone who's uh, watched the podcast. Um, the, the, uh, we've had so many great guests. Uh, if you want to be on the podcast, if you have, feel like you have a good rescue story, let us know. Yeah, let us know. We never know who wants to you know, sit down and chat. Yeah. You can so e reach out to us. You can uh, Facebook message me or you can go Tom Clark comedy at gmail.com. Remember, check out our website. Tom Clark uh, com is mine. Steph's is uh, follow me on Instagram. Funny girl events. Steph Clark on Facebook. Steph Clark comedy for all my shows. Funny girl com for all the comedy shows I produce in um, SoCal. And we're very excited in June. We're going to be in Alaska, Dad. We're going to go to Alaska in June. Anchorage, uh, middle of June, I think June 13th, the 16th. So I think this podcast, we're going to probably put it out right after Memorial Day. So, And we'll be in Paso Robles. Uh, Paso July. Robles in July. July 13th. And uh, August, maybe Hawaii. Hello. Hello. So uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. And we will see you soon. Bye. Bye.